Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, your host. So when you flush the toilet, do you ever think about where that stuff is going? Either you're connected to the city's sewer line, or if you're in a rural location, all that stuff, the poo, might be going into a septic tank. So what is a septic tank? Well, it is uh, like a fiberglass tank that's underneath the ground and buried watertight container made of concrete, sometimes fiberglass polyethylene. And its job is to hold the wastewater long enough to allow solids like the poo to settle down to the bottom, forming sludge while the oil and grease floats to the top as scum. So this is everything coming from your sink in the kitchen, the dishwasher, anything coming out of your house, including the toilets, uh, will go into the septic tank. And how do you know when your septic tank is full? Well, there's pooling of water in areas of your lawn after heavy rain, uh, slow drains, odors, an overly healthy lawn because of all the fertilizer or a sewer backup. So why am I telling you all about septic tanks? Because here in South Florida, even though we don't have basements, you know, because really we don't dig much into the ground because there's a lot of coral, It's there's a water table, there's problems. We don't generally dig into the ground, but septic tanks are common, especially in rural areas. And we had a case where there's been two women now who have died in their own septic tank. One of them was a Northport woman who was found dead in her own septic tank in May. She appears either fell into a hole that was created from her septic tank caving in or her weight itself caved it in right as she was standing on it. And she was standing on it because she was watering her flowers and her lawn. Apparently her family got worried they hadn't heard from her. They called for a welfare check and the 74-year-old woman apparently was trying to sell her home, got an appraisal before her death. The appraiser informed her that there was a crack in her septic tank. And apparently whoever did come out said, yep, you got a bad septic tank, but it should have been flagged. So one septic tank expert, he's a service expert, said that it should have been marked off to point out the problem area. And he also says the contents of a septic tank, and especially this one, likely destroyed the concrete from the inside out. Ugh, yuck. So apparently this woman was told by whomever did the pumping of the septic tank that she needed to replace the lid or get a tank replacement. And remember, she's trying to sell the house, so she needed to fix the tank before she could sell the house. But it's not clear that she drowned in the septic tank. They're still trying to figure out what caused her death, but apparently she did fall into the septic tank where she was found dead. Now, there's another woman in Jensen Beach, which is about 50 miles north of West Palm Beach. It's really a quaint little town on the Treasure Coast. In fact, there's this restaurant there called 11 Maple Street, where they like they were only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the rest of the week they would close the restaurant so they could go out and hunt game for their menu. You know, they had things like I don't know, they had squirrel, but rabbit and trout, and they even had pansies in the salad that you could eat. And when I worked for ABC uh, Channel 25, WPBF, the news director's wife was also our mystery diner. 
and she would go and eat at restaurants locally and then give them, you know, four forks if they were terrific. And she asked me, I was the anchor at the time, to go with her to 11 Maple Street. And I was thrilled. So we went there and it's this quaint little house and they had like all kinds of fresh vegetables that they had grown outside the restaurant. It's just really, you know, organic. And so we're sitting there and I'm just trying to make conversation. And so I say out loud to her, so what is it like to be the mystery diner? (laughs) She's the mystery diner. You don't want people around you in the restaurant to know that she's the mystery diner. It's supposed to be a mystery. (laughs) Duh. And the restaurant is packed. That's a very Karen thing that I did. You know me by now after 150 episodes. That's a very Karen thing to do. So anyway, getting back to Jensen Beach and this poor woman, she had just gone to Jammin' and Jensen. It's an event. And it was about 7.30 at night and she gets home and apparently she has a handyman who helps her out in the house and she wanted to make part of the house a bed and breakfast. And the handyman apparently somehow met her when she got home from Jammin' and Jensen and she ended up going missing for like six, seven days. Her name, Cynthia Cole, and she was 57 years old. She's very, very pretty. She had very long flowing red hair. And the handyman, his name is Kyoki Hilo Demich. So Kyoki and Hilo, obviously Hawaiian Demich. He's 34 and he was the last person to see her. And now he did cooperate with police after the seventh day the officers made entry into her home and they noticed all of her stuff was still there her purse her license everything and damage admitted to driving her vehicle away from her home there's video of him driving it and he came up with some weird alibi that she asked him to drive it so it would be available when she needed it blah 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 here is the martin county sheriff william snyder when we began looking at the missing person case and our detectives actually forced entry into the house before we had much to go on other than the fact that she had not shown up for several appointments over a period of five or six days. Uh, we began talking to her friends and they identified a, the, uh, Kiyoki, the suspect, as a handyman. So of course, part of the homicide investigation, you go to everybody and, and, and do what we call eliminate them as suspects. Well, from the very beginning, uh, the detective who first interviewed him was uh, was quite suspicious, was uh, was disconcerted with some of his answers. Uh, he voluntarily let us take a look at his phone. We saw a cash uh, app where there was money exchanged between uh, the suspect and the victim. And from the very beginning, we could not eliminate him. And the more we looked at him and the more evidence started to come out, the more it became obvious to us that that he was not telling the truth. He, there was one lie after the other until finally it culminated in us discovering the body and, uh, and putting him on the scene. We actually know that he got a lift there, he got a ride from someone, so we can put him there. That way we also have uh, video evidence that, that we'll be releasing down the road. We have, uh, we'll have phone records, his G- GPS records will be part of this case. So. And then he puts himself there. He admits that he was at her house. So by his own admission and by uh, witness 
uh, testimony and other information we have, he was at the house. He didn't, he didn't confess to this. He admits that he was at the house. He admits that he drove a car from the house. So he's, he's made some very damning, incriminating statements. He has a, a, just an unbelievable alibi story. She told him to do it so that it would be nearby when she needed it the next day. None, none of it made sense. It's typical in an alibi that is not truthful. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so what we know about Kiyoki Hilo Demich is that he is a registered sex offender. However, he's a registered sex offender in the state of Washington, not in Florida. So he was not required to register as a sex offender in the state of Florida. However, he did live in a halfway house, but that halfway house address was the address on his driver's license. So up into that point, he had done nothing wrong and he was not on the radar of the police or the sheriff, according to the sheriff himself. So Cynthia was with friends at the Jaminet Jensen event, and she got home about 7.30 or 8, as she apparently had not been drinking. She was killed probably within half an hour or so. We're not exactly sure yet, but she was with friends at Jaminet Jensen, which is an event here in Jensen Beach. And uh, the friends said that she left that night. There was no indication that she'd been drinking. And uh, she was never heard of again. So, and based on cumulative evidence, it does appear that she was probably killed soon after getting home. And apparently there was a second handyman too who helped her out and he had gotten her a shotgun because she was worried about a neighbor that may or may not have posed a problem to her. But apparently this second handyman had nothing to do with her disappearance. He gave her a shotgun because she'd had an incident with a neighbor who she said came over and was suspicious and alarmed her. It turned out to be nothing. She did not report it to the police. There was no further incidences that we're aware of. She apparently never used a shotgun. So there does not appear whatsoever to be a link between her fears of a neighbor with the shotgun and our suspect. So finally, when the sheriff's office made entrance into her home and detectives got involved, one really good detective, one very observant, wily detective, looked down as he was out in the yard and he saw the septic tank lid and that the bolts had the dirt disturbed recently around them. Here's the sheriff. Well, I've been, I've, I've been part of innumerable homicide investigations over the years. What, what made this case so challenging for us was having to recover her remains from a septic tank. And I know there's been a question out there, we've seen some of it on Facebook. People who don't understand the septic tank business don't get how, how could you put a body in a septic tank and us not see the d disturbed dirt. Not to, not to do a full tutorial on septic tanks, but some septic tanks have what you call a lift, which is a big, um, not a pipe, but anyway, a receptacle. Then you just unscrew the top and you can look straight down into the, uh, into the contents of the tank. Makes it easier for the pump out people to diagnose trouble. And that's what happened here. So the, the, uh, the suspect in this case was able to unscrew a large uh, cap, a plastic cap, dispose of the body down into the septic tank itself and then put the screws back on. So there was, there was no way, if our detective wasn't as inquisitive and curious as he was, and if he had not looked down and seen that cap, seen that cover, it's a green cover, you all have pictures of it, 
and he noticed that the bolts looked like the dirt had been moved away. You know, if you have a septic tank cover over a period of time, dirt impacts around the, the uh, bolts, and he noticed they were clean, and he undid them and looked in, and the rest you know. Uh, she was intact. She was beginning to decompose. No, she was unclothed. So, upon removing the lid and investigating inside the septic tank, the body of Cynthia Cole was discovered naked but intact, beginning to decompose inside her own septic tank. Ugh, can you imagine? I mean, I, I can't think of a, a much worse way to die than drowning in your own septic tank. And that's what happened to Cynthia Cole. She did have blunt force trauma to her head, several, in fact, to her body. She had multiple points of trauma in her body. We have yet to determine what caused the trauma. So she suffered blunt force trauma to her head and torso, strangulation, and asphyxia. She drowned in her own septic tank, meaning she was alive when the handyman allegedly threw her in. I just can't fathom the crime that happened here and that, you know, she was murdered and thrown in her septic tank. It's, it's, it's just sad. She was a beautiful, beautiful person. She really, really was. What's not to be shocked by a thing like that? Demich is now in custody. He's charged with second-degree murder. So we still don't have a motive on this murder, but Demich is being held in the Martin County Jail on $750,000 bond. Sheriff Snyder says that the rest of the community, the residents in the neighborhood, should not be alarmed or afraid because he believes they've got their man. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a right to be shaken up. That's pretty... It's pretty traumatic to have that happen in your neighborhood, but all I can say is it was not, it's not a serial killer. We know who did it. He's in jail. They, they don't have anything to worry about. They just have to find their own peace with what occurred. So apparently Cole and Demich knew each other for years, so it's really strange that she ended up dead, allegedly by his hand. And Sheriff Snyder's ruled out any kind of romantic relationship with this guy. So there was indication on his phone that he did receive money from her, like Venmo, but we still don't to this day know why he would have killed her or thrown her into her own septic tank. Just a horrible way to go. I... I think the only thing that would be worse than drowning in your own septic tank possibly would be being buried alive. No, I think the septic tank would be worse, but there's some really weird ways that people die. 450 people per year die after falling out of their own bed. One guy was impaled on the bill of a swordfish. One man was killed by his own explosive while trying to steal from a condom dispenser. Thank God he didn't procreate. Another guy was killed by a coconut falling out of a tree. Approximately 150 people each year are killed by coconuts. Another man was killed after being stabbed in the eye with an umbrella. A teenager taking a selfie with a loaded handgun shot himself in the throat. Another man was crushed while moving a refrigerator freezer. And 24 people each year are killed by champagne corks. Jeez. What a way to go. Ah. <sighs> Well, I do believe that's enough death and destruction for this episode of Full Rigor. Remember, check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. You'll see a photo of the septic tank in Jensen Beach where Cynthia Cole was buried alive. 
Higher Ups of Full Rigor. Thanks for joining me. Until next time.